1: and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 203 of the Love Life Connection Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited to be connecting with you this week, as I always am, and I really love when this connection becomes a two-way street. So I would love to hear your thoughts, your responses, your questions, whatever came up for you over at Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. You can send me a DM or comment on any one of my photos, and I would love to chat with you to hear from you. And if you're not over on the gram then that's okay. Come on over to your email and send me an email. I'm hello at veronicagrant.com. And I would just love to hear what came up for you and questions and thoughts and responses and all that kind of good stuff. So this episode feels extra special because it is the first episode that I am recording from our new place in Philadelphia. And actually, Our new place in Philadelphia is a temporary place because my husband's job is putting us up for a few months while we look for something more permanent, but it just feels a little weird to not be in my normal place. And in fact, I'm actually sitting on our bed as I record this because the space that they have as an office here in our temporary apartment is super, super echoey. It's like a small room, there's no furniture, no art, and so everything just Echoes and bounces off the wall. And so when I record over there, it just sounds like, yeah, it just sounds like an echo chamber and doesn't really work for podcasts. So I'm sitting on my bed because, fun fact, the cotton on the sheets and the comforter and the pillows and all that stuff actually absorbs the sound. So it's just a better sound quality. And you could also be in a closet, but actually, this closet isn't really there's not really space for me to do that. I have recorded from closets before. But I'll be recording all of these episodes for the next few months from my bed. So if you come onto a coaching podcast with me, and we have the video on usually, as long as the internet's good, you will see me just hanging out on the bed while we're doing our coaching. So kind of funny, because you you just sometimes don't really think about where people are recording their podcasts from. And sometimes it's you know, not super pretty or posh, and we just have to do what we have to do in order to get good sound so I'm really excited about today's episode as I always am, but I am really passionate about this topic because you might know from previous podcasts that lately I have been working with more coaches as they want to get started or build their life coaching business. And I've been in business for about five years, and I feel like in a lot of ways, I took the very, very, very hard way because I kind of fell into the trap of a lot of online marketing messages around, do this, don't do this, and you have to buy this, and you have to scale, and blah, 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 blah. And I think it really cost me a lot of time, energy, money, effort, all of those things, which I think actually delayed my growth by a lot. And then I kind of figured out a way that really worked for me and also work for my audience and the kind of business and lifestyle that I wanted to have. And so I'm super passionate about helping other coaches find their way in the coaching world. I don't think that this industry is oversaturated. I think actually coaching is only going to get bigger as we move forward. And I just think it's a wonderful space to be in. I think it's a wonderful field. I think it's a wonderful way to support people and to help people through whatever problems or issues that they have going on in their life. So this week, I have someone on the show who is wanting to start a coaching business, and she hasn't really started at all. So if you're in that boat, or maybe you're a few steps ahead, but you're also like, I don't know, there's something I miss then you're really going to love this episode. I know that it can feel really, really daunting when you're at the very, very beginning of your coaching business journey. And you might be thinking, how in the world can I get paid by that by that many clients in order to build my business that can actually support me so I can feel comfortable quitting my job and then also meeting my needs and family's needs and all of that kind of stuff. So today on the show, I have Katie who, like I said, is still in her corporate job, but she feels like her calling is to help people live each day better so that their life becomes better. She really believes that how you live every day ultimately becomes your life, which is totally true. I can totally get on board with that message. But she's really nervous about what other people will think. And I think like most new coaches, she's completely overwhelmed where to get started, and just doesn't know what to do first. So if you're a coach or you're interested in coaching, then this episode is definitely a must listen. Even if you're not a coach, I think if you have any kind of entrepreneurial bug or any kind of business, I think that everything I talk about honestly will apply to other businesses. Obviously, my expertise is coaching businesses. So, you know, use what I say and apply it to your life and your business and your entrepreneurial endeavors. But I I do think that you'll definitely learn something. And if you're not entrepreneurial at all, or you're not a coach, and you are more than happy to have an employer who pays you a paycheck every week, then you still might learn something about this episode, because you're going to learn a lot about what it takes, at least for me and other coaches behind the scenes. So if you've been in my world, or if you're in other coaches world, and you're just kind of curious, like, man, how do they do it? Or just kind of curious, because you know, we're all a little nosy and like to know the behind the scenes. Again, I think you'll like this episode. So stick around. And if you are a coach or want to be a coach, I do also have a few other podcasts where I dive in more to how I got started in business and some of the things that really helped me to succeed and got me unstuck in my business. So we'll put all of those links in the show notes so you can listen. I don't have them right now at the top of my head. And there's also an episode we'll put where I coach a couple other people who are getting started in their business. So definitely the more you can listen to me coach other coaches, the more you're going to learn. So definitely make sure you listen to those episodes. Again, links will be in the show notes. And if you are a coach or want to be a coach and you are interested in having me help you become a coach, then I would love to connect with you. So head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaches. And there you can learn a little bit more about what it takes to do the work and be a coach. And then if it sounds good, you can fill out an application. We'll be in touch about you know setting up a time to see if working together is the next right step for both you and me. So as you listen to this episode, consider these questions. Are you doing the work? Meaning whatever you want to help your clients with, are you doing that work on yourself? Are you being your own best client? Have you ever invested in your own coach before? Why or why not? What have you overcome in your life that you can help people with? And finally, are you willing to dig deep with clients so that you can differentiate yourself from the cheap apps like the weight loss apps or the meditation apps or the Noom apps or you know, whatever it is so that people are willing to spend more money with you because you help them change something that's below the surface. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my episode with Katie. Hi, Katie. Welcome to
0: the show. Hi, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to connect with
1: you. So what's your question? How can I help?
0: So I've really been looking into becoming a life coach. I'm feeling like it would be really fulfilling for me. And the current career path I'm in really isn't giving me that like fulfillment. And so I was just wondering how you got started on your path to become a life coach.
1: Okay. Well, instead of talking about me, let's turn it to you first and tell me a little bit about how do you know you want to be a life coach or why do you think you want to be a life coach? Where is that coming from?
0: Definitely. So currently I'm a graphic designer working in advertising and marketing. And whenever I talk to people about what I want to do, I'm always like, oh, well, I want to help people, you know, like I want to be fulfilled. I want to feel like I'm doing something good. And I'm just feeling like working in the industry I'm in, I'm not going to have that fulfillment. And I feel like working with people one on one rather than trying to send a message through a broad marketing campaign that working one on one would be more impactful for me. And, you know, listening to your podcasts and other things with live coaches, I really think that I'm gravitating towards a one on one sort of connection with people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to approach life coaching and yeah, a really big proponent in the one on one or at least small group connections. I think that's facilitates the best you know possibility for transformation for clients so i'm curious to hear a little bit more about you and like wanting to help people so tell me a little bit about you know the trajectory in your life and where this desire to want to help people comes from and did you ever have to like help yourself through figuring something out in your own life
0: yeah, definitely. Everyone always told me, like, oh, you're so kind or you're so positive. And I always just felt like it was natural to me. Like, it was just an instinct for me to want to help people. I think part of growing up, I've always been a twin. And I felt like I always wanted to, like, you know, help my twin and be a team and do all these things and, like, really growing up like that. And I just felt like once I started to, like, get into my career, and I've always, like, I want to do something good but like realizing that like, oh, well, what I'm working on now doesn't necessarily align with my message and it'll be really much harder to get my message out through something broad than like connecting with someone one-on-one is just been something that I've been learning. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so what kind of things do you want to help people with? I feel really
0: passionate about day-to-day things, how we live our lives. And as I've worked in different Businesses and stuff, and seeing people who like work themselves to death, like never take a break, and like feel like that's the only thing that's important. And I've just grown to realize like the way we live our days is the way we live our lives, and how we go about like our approach to things and our mindset and stuff. I've just found has been really important for me, and I've seen people around me that. Have, you know, no clue about the way that that's impacting them, maybe, you know, their attitude about a certain situation. And I just feel like working with someone and seeing how like changing your attitude and your mindset and your habits can really impact your life. I just think that's really important.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of that. So what I want to get at is where are you feeling, you know, because obviously, you know, I asked you to do this call, but you know, you've I see you have a question. So what I'm curious about is what is it that you feel stuck or not sure what to do when it comes to deciding this is the way you're going to go? Or even if you're already there that you know you want to go down this life coaching route, do you feel stuck with what's the first step? Like, Where can I best support you?
0: Definitely. Yeah. I definitely feel like it's the first step. I feel like, you know, I went to school for like a certain career path And I'm just not feeling fulfilled from it. And I've really been drawn to something else, but it's like, how do I just make the jump to something completely different, something that I'm so unfamiliar with? Like, I have no clue really how to get started.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what have you done with yourself in terms of being your own best client?
0: So I feel like what we talked a little bit about in like coaching myself and like thinking about ways, like how am I working on myself? And I feel like obviously the next step will be like working one-on-one with a coach to learn from that. But I do think there's ways to where if I'm, you know, unhappy about something, like how can I change my daily habits to make a better outcome for myself mm-hmm. if that's answering
1: in the direction you mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. looking for. Yeah, yeah, totally. I would love to dig a little deeper there and see, you know, because usually in business or in coaching, mm-hmm. especially the early years now, as you get more into your business, I think it can definitely adapt and shift. But usually in your business or coaching business, your clients will be a few steps behind you. Like they're a version of you, I don't know, three years ago, five years ago, whatever it is. Because I think for most coaches, the desire to want to help people is a desire to like, Hey, there's a different way. I figured out a different way from what society tells you has to be you know, the norm or or whatever. I mean, that's exactly what my business is. I figured out like, Hey, we actually don't have to fall into like the whole patriarchal dating rules type of trap in order to meet someone. And in fact, that's actually not really going to (laughs) work. Right. Right? (laughs) And so my client was myself, I mean, at this point, like 10 years ago. Right. And so I have to connect with that part of me. And that's where I can create all of my blogs and my Facebook stuff. And, podcasts and, and whatnot. And it's evolved a little bit, but for the most part, like it's actually been pretty much, you know, I'm not like coaching on something that I've never overcome before in my own life. And I think you'll find that a lot of your clients will come to you because they're like, Oh, she gets it. She's worked in corporate. She's had a soul sucking—I don't know if you would call your job soul sucking—but she's had that kind of corporate job before, and she knows how to find fulfillment, you know, in the day to day. So Mm -hmm. when I say that, like, what comes up for you? No, that makes a lot of sense. I think you
0: know, I wouldn't want to have like a coach that wasn't experienced, you know, in what I'm trying to coach. And so I feel like I'm grateful that I've had these like jobs where I felt unfulfilled, worked way too many hours for something that just wasn't worth it. And like a lifestyle that I'm not happy about. And I feel like what I'm really drawn to is like a lifestyle to where maybe I can like make my own schedule, I can do things and like helping people do that would just be so important. Because right now I'm just feeling like really stuck in this routine
1: that I've been yep. in the past mm-hmm. few years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so really, then do you want to help people ultimately leave their jobs and start their own businesses or find fulfillment in the jobs they have?
0: I think either one. Okay. I don't think like stuck to a specific one for me personally, it's that I want to leave my job and, you know, start my own sort of business. But I think that there's ways to find fulfillment in your current job. If it's something that you feel passionate about, and maybe you just don't have The right mindset or right sort of tools or habits to like make yourself, you know, happier with what you have.
1: Mm -hmm. Got it. So I think one of the first things that you can do to start a business or to go down this life coaching path is really to write out like a whole timeline of your own life and what are some of the obstacles you've overcome, what are some of the hardships you've overcome, what are some Mm -hmm. things you've accomplished. And it can be, it doesn't have to be like, I don't know, I climb Mount Everest. Like it can just be <laughs> just a silly <laughs> example, but it can just yeah. be, you know, small little things. Like I felt really burnt out. And so I started doing a five minute meditation every morning. And that mm-hmm. helped me keep my energy more together while I went into my corporate job or whatever. Like just little things like that because these are the little stories that you'll eventually want to. Share as you are attracting and looking for clients. And these are the stories that are going to have people gravitate towards you because they're like, oh, she totally gets it. She's been there. So that would be the first thing that I would do. And then, you know, we've already talked about this, but definitely working with a coach one on one is so important because it's really important for you to know what that feels like to have the container be held for you. And, you know, I don't know if you have like any, like, oh, what's going to cost a lot of money type of stuff coming up, which a good coach will cost a lot of money. At the same time, you're going to be a good coach. So you're going to cost a lot of money and you kind of want to like know what your clients feel like and be able to talk them through it and, and put your money where your mouth is for, you know, that's not the nicest way to say it, but you know what I mean? Right. So beyond that, then the next thing is to start talking to people. And I know I've said this on the show before, I don't know if it's been recent, but one of the first things I did when I started the business that actually worked, the first business did not work when I started the business that actually worked, (laughs) I went onto Facebook and I messaged every single female friend that I had. I didn't care if, you know, you have those Facebook friends where you're like, how did I know this person? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I didn't care if it was that kind of person or someone I went to high school with that I haven't talked to in like 20 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. I messaged every single female friend. I didn't care what the relationship status was because I was just doing market research and I wanted to talk to as many people as possible. I wanted to know if they were single, like, you know, what was dating like for them? Do they hate it? Do they love it? Was it hard? Was it easy? Why or why not? What were their fears? What were the things they told themselves? What did they think would work? What did they think wouldn't work? I wanted to know all these things, even if they were in a relationship, I wanted to know like you know was dating and relationships always easy for them? If so, why? I wanted to know what was the difference between those people and the people who really struggled and if it used to be hard and then they figured it out, I wanted to know well what did they do? What did they learn, and you know be able to kind of track some of these transformations? I messaged I mean. Hundreds, hundreds, <laughs> so many people that Facebook kicked me out a couple times. because like, we think you're spam, and yeah, I, I guess it was a little spammy. But I was like really, really set out on this because my first business was kind of a flop, and I was not about to fail again. Because at this point, I didn't know what I was going to do if this business didn't work. And so I ended up having a conversation with somewhere around thirty and forty people. So just again, do the math. I messaged hundreds of people, ended up having a conversation with 30 to 40 people. I believe I recorded them, but from those conversations, you know, I just did market research and that helps me to really refine who my ideal client is. So how does that sound? How does that feel?
0: That all sounds amazing. <laughs> and I do think that's important. I think you know, for me, I felt like you know, had a hard time like, starting to talk about it you know, within like my close friends and stuff, I've been like, you know, I've really been thinking about this. I haven't quite gotten started. And I do think like getting myself out there and like putting that intention out there and starting to talk to people will really start. And like, I think for me, you know, my ideal client would more be like, you know, people whose lifestyle they aren't happy with. And, you know, like you're saying like, oh, incorporating the little things like a five minute meditation, how these habits can really help your day to day. So I think that really getting out there, maybe Facebook spamming some people might help <laughs> me get to that point. So Yeah, I
1: mean you can start with your friends and the people that you already know because they're more likely to say yes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and then you yeah. could just like meet them for coffee or dinner or a drink. And you know, if you're in a quiet space, you can record that conversation on your phone or you can just take, you know, really good notes, especially if they fit into the psychographic of being an ideal client. If today's conversation resonated with you, and this feels like something you need, it's possible. There are spots right now available to work with me privately together. We can unravel your dating patterns, clear your love blocks and get you into the relationship you desire and deserve by digging into your constitution, your childhood and your previous relationships. Working with me privately means I can meet you where you're at and hold your hand through the process. It doesn't matter if you've never done this work or you've been doing it for years. All that matters is that you're done with where you're at and you're ready to find love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest the time and money in radically changing your life. To explore if this is the right fit for you, please visit me at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to learn more and schedule your introductory call with me. So did you have like some fear around telling people about your business? I
0: think a little bit. I think I do. I think it's hard just being like, oh, I want to completely jump careers. I feel like I have fear that like, oh, what if this isn't right? Or like, what are people going to think of me? You so know, Tell me more about that. Yeah. I just feel like it's hard because it's like, oh, this is what I've been working for for so many years. It's like what I went to school for. It just like feels like, oh, this is what I should do is continue down this path. But it's not what I'm feeling like I really deep down want to do. And I guess I'm just scared that there's going to be some judgment around that. Like, oh, judgment just, from who? Just from, you know, probably people whose opinion doesn't matter, you know, friends or family. Okay, so
1: name those people whose opinions don't matter. Or maybe they do. I don't know. But who specifically? By the way, this is a coaching technique I'll tell you about it in a second. But okay. keep going. <laughs>
0: um, well, friends and family, you know. Okay, but
1: like, you don't have to give names. Oh, oh. Like- yeah. Or you can just say like first names because no one really knows like who Jessica is, right?
0: <laughs> but- um, not parents, but I think extended family members, aunts, uncles, friends who are like, oh, I'm like really gung-ho going down this career path where I'm like climbing the corporate ladder. I think right. friends who have jobs like that, I have some like that would be like, oh, you're just going to leave your job and create
1: your own business that you don't know anything about. I think that's. Well, that's what I did. I was a complete career (laughs) shift. I was in the political field. Yeah. And and I was like, I'm going to be a coach.
0: And I think I have fear that people are going to be like, oh, you're just giving up because you don't feel like doing this and just starting something completely different,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, one thing I want you to do is write a list specifically like names, like my Aunt Jezebel or my Aunt Sarah (laughs) or whatever, not just, oh, aunts and uncles, cousins. Because getting clear on who these people actually are can be a reframe. It can make you think, oh yeah, I actually don't really care. And then from there, you can write a list of maybe like three to four people of whose opinions you actually do care about. And those might just be like a close friend, a partner if you have one. And that might be about it. Like, you know, Brene Brown talks about this. She talks about like a little piece of paper that you could fit into your wallet and like write people's names on that piece of paper of whose opinions you care about. And if a piece of paper, so you can't put that many names yeah. and, and, and everyone else just, you know, it doesn't matter. So here's the thing about the fear. And this is why I want you to dig into it, you know, more, and we can dig in a little bit more as well together. But the reason is, and I'm going to be super blunt with you. Like no, one's going to pay you hundreds or thousands of dollars to help them like meditate every morning. You know, right. like there's things like headspace, which costs like a hundred bucks a year. Right? right. It's kind of like why health coaches who help, people lose weight or emotional eating really struggle because they can't tell, they haven't mastered their message enough to where people are like, well, why would I pay you you know, $3,000 to work together when I can just do Weight Watchers or Noom for like 30 bucks a month, right? right? And, yeah. and so what people will pay money for is when you're really getting to that thing that's keeping them stuck in that job they hate. Mm -hmm. Or that's keeping them stuck in just kind of like a low energy kind of routine that they hate. Even if it means they're not ultimately going to leave their job, they're just going to find more fulfillment and learn to relate to their job in a different way. There's still like this fear, right? This fear around what other people are going to think if they leave their job. Or this fear around, you know, is my job like safety blanket that I'm willing to let go of? And that's going to bring up issues around worthiness and am I good enough? And can I really do that? So that's going to bring up self-trust. And those are the things that, you know, no Noom app or Weight Watchers or Headspace can really tackle with someone. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense.
0: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Because I feel like that's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for is like that helping people. I know that sounds so vague, you know, it's like so vague, but I feel like that's, you know, people aren't going to just do these simple things and get better if they don't have like that root cause of like what's making them feel this way or like act in this way.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, in my work, I talk a lot about the inner child and, and, you know, when I work with clients that are coaches, you know, I teach them those methodologies. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, call it the inner child, but it's like that inner, something like these inner belief systems that we created about ourselves. So I'm curious to hear from you. You know, I'm sure this isn't the first time that you've been afraid of what someone might think of you.
0: Yeah, definitely not.
1: No. Okay. So tell me a little (laughs) bit about it.
0: Yeah, definitely not. So I do think part of it is I mentioned earlier that I have a twin Mm -hmm. and she's always been the like math and science-y person and she's a nurse practitioner and I've always been the more artsy one. And so I guess part of me has always felt like, oh, like people think she's smarter than me or something. You know, there's always kind of been that like, even though that's not true and we have different strengths, but that's kind of always something that I probably felt growing up. And I think that also leads to like, oh, well, now I want to just leave my current career and jump to something completely new. So I think that that's something that's kind of been like a residual feeling
1: for me. Mm hmm. And when you think about like not being as smart as your twin, when you feel into that, can you feel it somewhere in your body? Probably more like in my chest. Like okay. Like so I- close your eyes for me for a second. Okay. And let's just drop into that feeling for a second, for a moment. Tell me what it feels like. Really
0: like tight, like mm-hmm. maybe like like heavy, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not a good feeling. It's yeah. not light. It's definitely more tense, like lots of weight, you know, it doesn't feel light and uplifting. It just feels like weight
1: weighing you down kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay. So it feels really heavy. It feels like a weight just kind of weighing you down.
0: It feels mm-hmm. kind of like just
1: like sluggish energy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and close your eyes again for a second. Okay. So let's just call this the part of you that thinks you're not smart enough. Mm-hmm. What would you want to tell that part of you?
0: That I am smart enough, <laughs> that I have my own strengths. And just because I'm not like a typical like math, science-y doctor doesn't mean that I'm not smart. And that I have intelligence in many forms and emotional intelligence and social intelligence. And, you know, just because I don't want to have a career path, like climbing the corporate ladder or anything like doesn't mean that what I'm doing won't be valued and that I'm not smart in my decisions. Mm-hmm. And
1: on a scale of one to ten, how much do you believe that?
0: Obviously, that wasn't a ten.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like a I don't 10. expect it to be a ten. I'm just kind of curious.
0: Yeah. No, I mean that's what I always you know want to say to myself and what I think I want to believe, but I definitely don't 100% believe that. You know, yeah. you can tell in my voice that I'm not like. This is like exactly what I believe. So, you know, maybe like six, seven, Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: more than a five, but less than a 10. Okay. Yeah.
1: That's not bad. That's not bad. (laughs) So, whenever I'm working with a client, I work in four areas. I want to know what's going on in their physical world, their mental world, their emotional world, and their spiritual world. And a lot of times we just want to hang out in the physical and mental. Like, I'm going to meditate for five minutes every day. I'm going to tell myself these new things, I'm going to start believing, you know, some people might call them affirmations or mantras. And these things are great. I mean, huge advocate for meditating. It's a huge part of the work I do with clients. And I don't dislike affirmations most of the time. The problem is that it feels a little, you know, if empty is the right word, it just feels a little like something's missing. Yeah. Like a little surface level or... Exactly. Exactly. And that's where the emotional and spiritual world comes in, especially the emotional, you know, not everyone's super into the spiritual and like, I get it. Like not everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid like me and that's cool. I don't think (laughs) you necessarily have to, I think it helps. You don't have to, but the emotional is not optional right? from my point of view. So what I encourage you to do is to, you know, make it a, a daily habit to connect with this part of you that doesn't feel smart enough or that feels overshadowed or inferior to mm-hmm. your twin and really just let yourself feel that hurt without mm-hmm. trying to fix it or make it better. You know, cause like, okay, think about it this way. Like, let's say you're cutting vegetables and you accidentally cut your finger. Right. Can you like talk to your finger? Like, all right, finger, it's time to stop bleeding. I need to finish dinner. <laughs> right. Like, like, no, like, I mean, it's kind of funny to think about it, but like, yeah. but when we're talking about emotional wounds, we kind of just do that to ourselves. Like, okay, it's time to stop feeling sad, <laughs> It's time to stop feeling not enough, you know? Yeah. And what we really need to do is, you know, when you cut your finger, you need to like, you know, hold, put pressure and like, maybe hold it above your heart or whatever, yeah. put a bandit on it. And in a few days, the wound will be healed and all as well. Right now, I'm not saying that it's that simple or it takes three days when it comes to emotional wounds, especially when they've been wounds that have been getting reopened over a lifetime, but the only way to really let it heal is to like let the wound run its course and healing is simply the application of love to where it hurts. So if you feel hurt in your heart, and your chest area, you can feel that tightness, you can feel that clamping down, then you can just sit with that and then just imagine breathing your breath into it. And just imagine like your breath is like this healing force and you can use whatever visualization you want. Like if the breath helps, like some people like to imagine like a golden ball of light that just has all this warm energy and it's just, you know, you're not getting rid of the pain. You're not fixing it. You're just giving it some love, some space to just let the wound do its thing so that it can heal. And when that becomes part of your daily practice, then when you go to say, I am smart enough, like... I can do this just because I'm not a nurse or a doctor doesn't mean I'm not smart. Then it feels a little bit more believable and it feels a little bit more like coming from like a deeper place rather than like I'm smart. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you're like, mm, I don't know if I believe that. It doesn't
0: sound believable. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think um, that that sounds really good.
1: Yeah. So, you know, number one thing to be a great coach and to attract clients is to be your own best client because people can sniff bullshit from far away, including across an Instagram screen. And (laughs) so if you're kind of like preaching, like, oh, you should do this, even whether or not you're using the word should, but it kind of comes from that like, kind of place, like people can sniff Mm -hmm. that out and they don't like it. And so the more you can really just share your own experience of how you've dealt with something. And of course, there's different levels of how much you can, or how much you want to disclose personal information and stuff. But when it comes from a place of like, I'm on the journey with you. I just might be a few steps ahead. Mm. People love that. And it feels authentic. It feels real. And people are like, yeah, show me the way. Yeah. So between that, and then just beginning to get really clear on who your client is by doing these research calls, marketing research calls, like those two things are great first steps, perfect first steps, actually, I would say. And the good thing is that they're free. I have stopped many people from spending way too much money on Facebook ads, like some person who's going to build them a beautiful website. And look, I love Facebook ads, building beautiful websites, great, but like, you don't need those things in the first two years of your business. And those things, you know, will force you to stay at your job because they don't really get you clients and you need money then to pay for your expensive business. So like, <laughs> it's just not good, no matter how you slice it. So that's what I'd recommend. That's all sounds amazing. Thank you so much. It's yeah. so helpful. Good, good. Did anything stick out in particular that you're like, yes, we're like really holding on to that?
0: When you said like talking to your clients and saying, like, I'm on this journey with you, I'm just a few steps ahead. I feel like that's really powerful because like you were saying, like, I want to know that I'm working with someone who's worked on themselves. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's huge. And, you know, you don't want to just be talking to someone who's, yeah, just preaching like, oh, do this and this when they haven't lived through it. So that really resonated with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that'll come across in everything that you do. So awesome. Well, I'm glad this was helpful. Thank you so much.
0: It was amazing. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much to Katie for coming onto the show. I so appreciate your question and your willingness to have our conversation be broadcast to thousands of women. And I'm just so appreciative of everyone who comes onto the show. I know I say it all the time, but I think that this aspect really makes the show unique and special and helpful for so many, many, many women around the world. And I'm just so, so incredibly grateful. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I don't think I have that much to break down from my conversation with Katie today. It was fairly straightforward, but what I do want to do is I just want to pull out seven steps that I think that most coaches should do if they want to build a successful, profitable coaching business that can support them and their life. Now I say most coaches might want to do it because I don't want to say you have to, or you should do it because ultimately it's your life. It's your business. You get to do what feels best for you. This is coming from my own experience of you know, what I've done and the mistakes that I've made. And also just the experience that I've seen from my friends and colleagues who've made similar mistakes and just kind of getting a peek behind the scenes of their businesses. So the first thing is, I do think you need to get really clear on how you help people and what problem you want them to solve. There's a lot of resistance to niching down and people will just say, Oh, I just want to help people be happier. I want to help them feel more fulfilled or whatever it is. But you do need to have a really, really specific problem because one, that's how people are going to find you. They're going to Google. Google, you know, how to get in a relationship. They're gonna Google something about losing weight or feeling fulfilled in their career or how to start a business or whatever. And so you need to have some sort of problem that all of your blog posts or podcasts or whatever are talking about resolving so that it helps you with SEO and searchability so that people will just find, hey, this person can actually help me solve this problem that I have. And the other thing that it does is that there needs to be some sort of problem that you can help people with, because otherwise they're probably not going to pay you. It might just be interesting information, or they might enjoy reading your content or listening to your content or whatever your content ends up being, but they're probably not going to want to pay you if they don't feel like you can actually help them solve something. And if whatever you help them solve is important enough, then they're more likely to pay you to help them solve the money because it's preventing them from feeling a certain way, doing certain things, making a certain amount of money. And so there's a worth it factor, an ROI factor, even if it's not necessarily like dollar for dollar, but there's still some sort of ROI factor that says, yes, this person can help me do this and that is worth it. The second thing that I told Katie and I just want to emphasize is be your own best client. It is extremely disingenuous to teach and coach if you don't do them yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. That does not mean you have to be perfect. And in fact, you're never going to be perfect. Let's just get that out the window like or throw it out the window. Like You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be a perfect coach. You're not going to be a perfect human. You're still going to mess up. You're still going to want to people please sometimes. You're still going to get triggered. You're still going to... I don't know, blow up and explode at your partner or friend or your parents or whatever. Like, it's going to happen, but the important thing is that you're actually doing the work because if you're not, I think people can feel that. And I think also you actually won't be able to help your clients go that deep because you're not really doing the work yourself. And ultimately I do believe that you can only take clients as deep as you've gone yourself. And I think that it's much, much easier to get clients and to run a successful business when people know that they're going to have a huge transformation from working with you. You can just feel that energy. The next thing, and this kind of goes with that idea, but number three is your ideal client will likely be a version of you three to five years ago, at least at the beginning of your business. And I do recommend that coaches start out with this, like having their ideal client, the problems they solve, the things they're talking about and their content relating to themselves three to five years ago. Because it's just gonna feel a lot fresher, it's gonna feel a lot easier to relay well what was it like for me when, you know, I was really struggling with body image or when I was really struggling with burnout from work, then you're gonna just come up with a plethora of blog posts, Instagram posts. Podcast, like whatever you end up doing for your content, because you're really going to be able to speak from the heart and speak from experience. And that's going to be super, super resonant. I can't tell you how many of my clients have said, I want to work with you because you experience XYZ and you'll get it. You won't judge me for where I am in my life because you've been there before. You understand it. And that is so, so invaluable. And I think it's actually a big differentiator between the coaching world and the therapy world that often coaches are coaching on something they've personally gone through before. So there's that empathy factor, which is huge and I don't think can be ignored in terms of how much or how important that is for the transformation to take place. Number four, just a quick assignment that I gave Katie is create a timeline of your own life, including the big and small moments of your life. So start as young as you can remember and just think about times when you had to overcome something. Now, it doesn't have to be big things, although certainly it can be, you will want to include those things in your timeline, but what are some small things that you overcame? Maybe just some girls being mean to you at school or going through a breakup or getting a really bad grade in school or being yelled at by a teacher or whatever it is, and just keep working up to then more adult things. And what this is going to do is it's going to help you to pull out, okay, what are some content ideas? What are some things that I can teach on? What did I learn from each of these experiences? And you're going to get so many ideas from that for content. And I keep talking about content. I bring everything back to content. And that's really the most important part of your business because no one would have a clue as to what I did or who I am if I didn't have this podcast, if I didn't have my website and my blog and my Instagram posts. And so this is really, really important because it's just how you get found. It's how you build a resonance with people. It's how you build that know, like, and trust factor, which is ultimately how you will get clients. And the number five, something I mentioned to Katie is start some market research. Now, I talk about this more in a previous podcast episode I did about how I started my business. So listen to that episode. I'm going to go into it more. I won't do that now because I want to keep this episode a reasonable length. I believe it's either episode 195 or 196. They're both episodes where I talk about business and coaching and how to get started. So listen to both those episodes. And in that, I do talk about the market research. And I highly recommend you do that because my first business, which I was talking about with Katie that didn't work, is I put the cart before the horse. I got this beautiful website. I had a photographer and I did all these photos and I was like, must write the perfect website. And everything looked really good. It really was aesthetically beautiful. But the problem was, is that A, no one was coming to it. And B, it was all just stuff I created from my head. I hadn't actually created anything from what are people actually struggling with? What are the words going through their mind? What are their fears? What are the things that they actually want in their life? And when you're able then to create your content and your website and all that stuff from what people are actually telling you about the problem they have, then everything is going to resonate so much more. So you do not need to buy a fancy website right now or pay for a fancy designer. You do not need to even get, I mean, I would get like maybe a headshot, but you don't need to do like a whole big photo shoot like I did. I wasted so much money I mean, of course, the photos were beautiful, but they weren't branded. They didn't really relate to who I was and how I was going to help people. So you don't really need to do any of that. You definitely don't need to invest in advertising. You definitely don't need to invest in a logo. I've been in business for five years, and I just got a logo this past summer. Like, I just got a logo this past summer. So you don't need any of this crap to be successful, to be able to support yourself, to build a sustainable business. Now, are these things that you want down the road? Absolutely. I do think everyone needs a website, especially with online business. I think having beautiful pictures and beautiful branding and aesthetics does help. But you do not need that to build your business and to get your first 10 clients, first 20 clients, first 50 clients, even. Okay, number six, people are not going to hire you and pay big bucks to help them with the surface level tangible practices only. And that was actually a really big problem with the first business I had the health coaching business, I was really just helping people learn how to, you know, make sure they were drinking enough water every day and helping them to figure out healthy snacks to eat and, you know, recipes and meal plans. And, you know, I was doing a little bit of the mindset stuff for sure, but I didn't have as much practice in it. And it was really really, 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 really hard to get clients because like I was saying to Katie, I didn't really have clear enough messaging as to why someone should pay thousands of dollars to work with me so they can help them lose weight in a way that felt good, in a way that was also sustainable and, you know, kind of dealing with emotional eating in a way that noom or Weight Watchers wouldn't be able to do for a lot less money. So you can absolutely be a health coach. You can absolutely be any kind of coach that you want. You can be meditation coach, whatever it is, but there still needs to be some sort of deeper problem that you're helping people solve. Otherwise, again, no one is going to pay you money. They might Pay for a book that you write that only is going to cost $10, $15. They might pay for an app that you put out one day, but of course, that's going to cost you thousands of dollars to develop. So that's not really what we're talking about. But people are not going to pay you the big bucks if you're not helping them solve a deeper problem. And then the final thing is to work with a coach. And I talked about this in a previous episode, and I just can't say it enough. I can't emphasize it enough. If you want to be a coach, If you want people to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars to work with you, then you've got to do that for yourself. And I know the big resistance is, oh my gosh, I don't have the money, blah, blah, blah. Well, what do you think your potential clients are going to be saying to you as well? Uh, the money. I have literally been on the phone with potential clients and they're like, I don't know. It's a lot of money. I'm nervous. And I've been there so many times actually. And I can relate and I can speak to them on the human to human level. Now I'm not pressuring people. I'm not making people make decisions that they're not comfortable with. I'm not into that. Maybe other coaches are. I don't really do that bullshit. But what I will do is I will emphasize and I will say, I know it's scary. I know it's scary and if there's anything I can do to help, you know, mitigate the fear, I can put you in touch with a former client. I can, you know, let you have an extra day and then we can connect tomorrow. You know, I'm more than willing to do that kind of stuff. And I will also say and I've been there where you are and what you're feeling is fear and fear is not necessarily a red flag or a no-go. I mean, it is scary. It's a lot of money. and I'm not going to pretend like it's not. I get that. And, you know, I've been there before where I feel like okay, if I spend this money, then this is like my last resort. And then I'll be out of a lot of money if it doesn't work. And I get the fear. And I also know, you know, how much my life has changed since hiring this coach and that coach and all that stuff. So I can speak from experience because it's really freaking happened to me. And plus, you know, when you think about it, would you want to work with a coach who's never hired a coach or who doesn't believe in coaching enough to actually spend that money and invest that time and energy on themselves as well? Like, again, like going back to not being your own best client, like all of this just feels super, super disingenuous to me. Like I wouldn't be interested in it. And I can, I think you can just kind of feel that energy when there's an energy of like, I'm the teacher, you're the student, I know, you don't know. I think when there's that kind of energy or that kind of dynamic, then that's often when there's probably some issues around have they ever worked with the coach? Are they being their own best client? Because if there's that dynamic, I just Think that probably not. Anyways, that's my own opinion, but work with a coach. It doesn't have to be me, although I'd love it to be me if you are resonant with this conversation and if you'd like me to help you in your love life or your coaching business. Obviously, I'd love to support you that way. So if you are interested, head over to ronicagrantcom forward slash coaches. If you're interested in being a Coaching for a Coaches client. And if you're interested in having me help you with your love life, then head over to VeronicaGrant.com forward slash coaching. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes. All right, my dear, that is all I've got for you this week. And next week on the podcast, we've got something super, 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 super special. I'm super excited. It is Valentine's Day week. And whether or not you are into Valentine's Day or not into Valentine's Day or think it's silly or you hate it, except it still bothers you because you just see it everywhere, then you're really going to love next week's, well, I should say next week episodes because it's going to start on Monday. And instead of just one normal solo episode, which I would normally do for the second Thursday of the month, you're actually going to be getting a little treat from me every single day next week here on the podcast. So I will see you on Monday and every day next week. All right, my dears, that's all I got for you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love until next time. Remember wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before, doesn't mean you can't have it now.
0: Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from
1: Get closer to your audience. Make podcast ads with Acast. Head to go.acast.com/closer to get started.